Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 391. We're back with our first cruise story of 2021, and this week, Jason talks us through a cruise on Harmony of the Seas. Love that ship. And we're going to talk all about his cruise adventure on board. Here we go. We're back with our first cruise story of 2021, and joining me on today's episode is Jason Peterson, who's here to talk about a Harmony of the Seas cruise all the way back in 2019. I remember those days. Jason, welcome back to the Royal Command Blog Podcast. Thank you, Matt. I wouldn't say it's welcome back, but uh, my first time on, but thank you anyway. It's it's a state of mind, really, more than a presence (laughs) of being here. (laughs) So uh, we're talking Harmony of the Seas. Why did you pick the sailing to talk to us about? Well, there was a few reasons, and it wasn't the first uh, choice, actually. Uh, we had a very similar sailing for the uh, Memorial Day week on the same itinerary and same ship. But part of the appeal was um, living in Orlando and had recently moved Harmony up from South Florida to Port Canaveral. So that was a draw to have a cruise an hour from your front door. Oh, heck yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, so the itinerary was attractive. It took us to a couple new ports. And uh, we did move it from the other week because of not enough people wanting to travel with us. And uh, the October date was obviously less expensive also. And so for a few reasons, we made that change and uh, we ended up having a great time, obviously. That's great. You know, it's something people who don't live in Florida don't understand is Floridians are a, I don't know what the word is. I don't think it's lazy, although that may be part of the word, but what we we gravitate heavily towards the least path of resistance to get us on a cruise ship, uh, despite living in the state where we have a number of cruise options. Um, there's always a very very strong draw to ships that leave from the most convenient location that we can drive to. So you know, for us in Orlando, it's Port Canaveral. For those in South Florida, it's either Fort Lauderdale, Miami. For those on the west coast of Florida, it's Tampa. And um, you know, people who live out of the state, I don't think quite understand it because they have to travel no matter what. So they're kind of more agnostic to which ship they or, or sail may pick. But here it is. There's like, you mean I have to like, you know, travel to get there? What? Why would I do that? I've got one in my backyard. So that's a little bit of a Floridian thing. So I understand exactly where you're coming from there. And going on in during October, boy, there's some great deals, uh, September and October, because of course it's uh, hurricane season number one and number two. A lot of families are not traveling because of the school calendar. So true. We uh, definitely get spoiled, and we have uh, gotten sucked into that, uh, going to the closer port um, quite a few times. My wife really boxed it going all the way to Miami for a cruise, and which I think we've done once. <laughs> so, Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there was a few other things that uh, before I was really um, following along at the blog and whatnot, or I was fairly new. And I made some of the uh, mistakes that uh, you really uh, preached about. Uh, and that was uh, booking a non-refundable deposit and not using a travel agent. And I regretted both of those uh, a lot. 
based on this experience. So why, let's start with the uh, refundable versus non-refundable puzzle. Why did you regret that? Absolutely. So like I said, we had originally booked uh, Memorial Day week, but there were concerns because of the uh, large price difference and others not being able to join us. We ended up having uh, 11 uh, total, including my family of four. Uh, but and then also getting time off around the holiday, uh, working in a hospital isn't always easy. So uh, there was a few reasons that kind of uh, made us change the date. But uh, non-refundables were kind of new at that time, and obviously they're less. Um, so we... But, oh, yeah, sure, we'll go. But, you know, push came to shove. And they were like, it, even with paying $100 a person for times four, it was still cheaper to go in October. So we ended up making that change. Yep. And, and that, again, you know, it, it's at the time of the booking, it makes total sense, you know, in a lot of cases to go for the ref, uh, non-refundable deposit. But it's that long-term game, and especially these days, uh, one of the things I've, I've advocated now for many months since the cruise industry shut down is that I, I just don't think anybody should be booking non-refundable cruise fare. I, I understand you can save a little bit of money, but to me, the, the, the disadvantages of it far outweigh the primary advantage. But, um, you know, it's, it's, in the end of the day, it's your choice, and there are certainly some, some workarounds for it, but... For me, maximum flexibility is what I'm looking for, and that's why I, I, I defer to that. How about the uh, the travel agent aspect? Yeah, because of us uh, changing that, and we were so sure, oh, they'll make an exception for us. They'll waive 100 bucks. Yeah, pretty much they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they don't care what your excuse is. They really pretty much won't make exceptions for that. So we spent a lot of time on the phone. We had booked directly through Royal. And so a travel agent would have saved us a lot of those phone calls um, and the time trying to switch it and add other people and then ultimately linking other people to our reservation and so forth so we could sit with them for dinner. So, um, yeah, it would have saved multiple hours uh, talking to Royal um, by using a travel agent for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I know we've all heard, you've all heard my, my thoughts on using travel agents there. So listen, you know, lesson learned, and uh, you've got the, you know, food for thought at this point. But it's, uh, I'm glad that you learned the lesson. I hope it wasn't too, too costly or you know, too much of an issue. I know you obviously, I know Jason since you know for for quite a while now, and uh, the, uh, I'm guessing that you've uh, you moved on from that decision. But uh, I'm glad to hear that it's worked out. Yeah, Michelle from MEI has been. Uh a godsend. So I, uh, shameless plug for MEI and, uh, it's, she's been extremely helpful, especially with all these cancellations and stuff. Oh, heck yeah. Um, cool. So you got, so you got your cruise set, uh, Harmony of the Seas, October 20th. Uh, this was a Western Caribbean cruise. Are there any ports that were new to you? Yes, there was a couple. Um, so for ports, um, perfect day, Coco uh, K, uh, Coco Key uh, was uh, fairly new as far as the refurbishment at that point. Um, they had recently opened the uh, lagoon and some of the other, the water park and stuff. So uh, almost everybody on the cruise, except for my wife and I, hadn't been there since it had uh, reopened everything 
all the new features. Um, it also went to Cozumel and Roatan, which was a new port, and Costa Maya, which was a new port for us as well. Fantastic. I mean, those are great places to visit. And, uh, you know, if you're new to cruising or you haven't been to any of those ports, they're really, really nice. I like them quite a bit. I mean, perfect take of yeah, I mean, geez, we've, we, we, we have and can still spend episodes talking just about that. But Costa Maya, uh, Cos- I mean, you never have to twist my arm to go to Mexico or anywhere in Central America, primarily because of the food. Uh, <laughs> there are other tangible benefits as well. So really, really nice to be able to have uh, have that. And this was also not only was this uh, some new ports for you, uh, you mentioned also this is your first time on Harmony of the Seas. How was that? What, what were your thoughts on Harmony versus uh, being on uh, a, a different Oasis class ship? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we had been on Oasis uh, two years prior, and I believe it was 2017, uh, around the same time of year. And of course, at the time of uh, this Harmony cruise, Oasis hadn't been uh, uh, refurbished, uh, renovated um, yet. So um, having been on Oasis not too long beforehand, I was pretty amazed at how much of a difference there was, even though they're same class of ship with a lot of the design and styling and just the upgraded like uh, decor and rooms and stuff it just seemed like it was a definite step up even though the ship shape and everything else was generally similar and whatnot yep that was kind of like i remember getting on harmony and you know it was my third oasis class having been on oasis on alert at the time but you know it was um it it, it felt different despite it being you know again another oasis class ship and Listen, it's my favorite Oasis class ship. I love it. So really, really nice. Um, what kind of room did you have for this cruise? So for this room, uh, I mean, this cruise, we ended up uh, booking an ocean view balcony. But in the end, we ended up, uh, by the time we got on the cruise, we actually upgraded to a junior suite. Oh, how did that work? And how, then, when you say upgrade, did you do it the old-fashioned way, royal up? How did that work? Yeah, so this is a slightly interesting story. Um, I got one of those price alerts from one of those price trackers. And I'm like, hmm, it's showing that a junior suite is only $150 more than our um, Ocean View uh, balcony room. Like, honey, you should call. Of course, I asked her to call, not me. But (laughs) anyways, So before having a travel agent, of course, so we got the uh, agent on the phone from Royal and uh, they're like, yeah, sure. That's exactly how much it is and blah, blah, blah. We'll put it in. And then so we got the confirmation email with their updated itinerary and our pricing and everything. Granted, this was after final payment. So um, we should have had a zero balance. But then uh, a day or two later, we're getting contacted saying, hey, you still owe $400. We're like, huh? So another phone call again with uh, Royal Caribbean. And uh, sure enough, uh, they quoted us the wrong amount. And uh, it should have been about 550 total um, instead of just 150. And so... The supervisor went and did um, some investigation into the, they do call recording and they did some keyword searches and found out that, yeah, that's what we told you. So we're going to give you what we told you. 
And so we did end up getting the upgrade for around $150 only. Wow. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Uh, <laughs> bank error in your favor. Collect stateroom upgrade. <laughs> not, not bad yeah. at all. So that was uh, worth a couple of phone calls there for that cheap upgrade. Cool. What did you do on Harmony that was uh, different? or did you, did you try any things that were new to you? Uh, yeah, well, the uh, shows, of course, um, they're slightly different on each of the uh, ships. I really enjoy the ice skating show and the aqua theater show. Um, but we did try the escape room on this cruise. And since we had a group of 11 and nine of them were adults, um, we did that as a group. And there was only one outside couple that joined us. So the, uh, I believe it's the Escape the Rubicon on uh, Harmony. That is the escape room theme. Yep. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. So we. Yeah, we were able to get out of there with a few minutes to spare. Hey, that's not bad at all. I mean, anytime you can beat it, I don't care if it's I've got one second left or or thirty minutes. It's uh, that it's always a really nice feeling. Uh, although I am on a bit of a losing streak lately, I was doing really well in the beginning, and then um, I don't know. I don't. I like it's either me or my teammates that are letting me down. I'm. I'd like to think it's my teammates. It can't couldn't possibly be me, but <laughs> but at any no rate, way. it's fun. So we had done. Uh, my wife and I had done an escape room on Mariner, uh, which was our um, quote research cruise to know what perfect day was going to be like. We went in July for an anniversary, and so that we could report back to the rest of our group. Uh, what perfect day and some of the other things would be like. Um, so in the name of research, we had to take uh, a cruise prior to this one. Uh, and we did that on Mariner. We did a short weekend cruise there. And we had tried to escape from there as well, which we did not escape from, but we also knew nobody in the group. So I think that was a big part in us being able to finish is knowing um, nine of the people in that group uh, as opposed to, you know, just ourselves on the other time. So, Yeah, I agree because inevitably to make it work, there has to be some level of teamwork and it's hard to tell people you've never seen before in your life. Hey, you go figure out that puzzle while I do this puzzle. It can be a little awkward, but you know, if it's your cousin or your friend, it's much easier to go, Hey, Michael pool, go do that while I do this. And you don't feel so bad. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. What about, uh, what about dining on Harmony? Dining? Um, yeah, so we uh, tried a couple of new restaurants to us. Um, Coastal Kitchen was new because we were in the junior suite for the first time um, on a um, Oasis class or Quantum class uh, ship. So we did not go as much as we would have liked. We thought it was amazing. We went night one after having met the rest of our group in the dining room uh, for dinner. So we tried to eat only a little and then uh, go for that flight that's on night one in Coastal Kitchen. And you know how that goes. You try to eat only a little bit, but you know, get out the stretchy pants. So, <laughs> but, uh, so we got a chance to experience Coastal Kitchen and we really enjoyed that. Uh, we have been to uh, Sabor previously, but we uh, had to go for the guac, if nothing else. And then we also got 
uh, opportunity to do two uh, other specialty restaurants we haven't done, uh, 150 Central Park and also Wonderland. Oh, what, what did you think of uh, 150 and Wonderland? Okay, so 150, we went with another couple from our group, and uh, we had really good service. It was really nice. The food was amazing. Um, just the presentation, everything, the quality of the food. Uh, really enjoyed it a lot. It was really nice. Um, the one highlight, my wife claims she doesn't remember this, but when we got to dessert and she ordered the fried cheesecake and I ordered something else and I asked for a bite of her dessert, she's like, no, you can't have any. It's too good. Get your own. <laughs> <laughs> so then I told her, waiter, I have a problem, sir. <laughs> Uh, my wife won't let me try a dessert, so I think I need another one. He's like, no problem. So I had another one out, so I had to have, I was forced to get two desserts. No choice, but to no. suck it up and have another dessert. Yep. I Listen, we all have our swords to fall on, and uh, it's not easy, but, you know, that's that's the sacrifices we have to make while on vacation. I figured if it was back there that she wanted to share, I had to have some. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then uh, we also made it to Wonderland on this cruise, and uh, we thought that was uh, quite the experience. Uh, actually took the kids with, and uh, so it was a crazy amount of food because, as you know, they just start bringing you stuff. They, like, ask you if there's anything you don't eat, and then they just, this food just keeps coming to your table, and you really only order the entree pretty much, and they're just courses and courses of food, and then the kids had some food that was different, and so they were getting food from the adults menu, the kids menu, and so were we, and whatnot, so it was just, yeah, that was definitely a, a stretchy pants meal right there, but enjoyed it very lot, very much, and just the presentation, the uniqueness of it was just really amazing, and just everything tasted almost everything tasted amazing there was a few things that you're like i don't know but it, it was a good experience so. yeah wonderland is, a, is an obviously it's not what you've probably ever had before in, in the experience is interesting and odd um but you're the you're absolutely right about one thing no one ever actually orders off the menu that you just they just bring you i don't even know why they have the menu quite frankly because they just end up bringing you everything to try and you know, you kind of go from there and, and it, that's fine by the way. It's just kind of always amusing to me now looking at the menu. I was like, well, there's really no point in looking at this because they're just going to bring us everything. <laughs> Unless you have, of course, a, you know, a uh, food allergy or a dining preference, something can work around that, which they're very good at actually. I don't eat uh, shellfish and lobster and a couple other things maybe on the menu, but they do a great job of, of bringing uh, alternatives and working with us. So um, it's a, uh, you know, it, I, I don't think Wonderland makes a lot of people's like top, top, top list, like they're the absolute favorites, but it's good food nonetheless. I don't think that is a slight on the restaurant. Yes, I agree. And I have some of the same uh, things that I don't eat either. And so I agree that there was still way more than enough food. So, and speaking of food restrictions, uh, we did get a try. Um, I was traveling with several people that are vegetarians. And so in the main dining room, they had recently introduced the vegan menu. And oh. so I, we got to try uh, those items. And they would bring 
a menu is the way it worked. Um, the head waiter would bring a menu for the next night, and they asked us to order ahead, at least at that time on that ship. And so there were some winners and there were some misses, but the people that we were um, with, it gave them more options, more vegetarian options, so they were pretty happy. That's good. Yeah, nice. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I like just trying, you know, different options and seeing what's out there, vegetarian or not. So uh, it's good to hear. And hey, listen, you know, you said there were some hits and some misses. That's just like the non-vegetarian menu in that regard. Sure. So not not too uh, different there. But good to hear. I'm glad that that was a, a, a good cruise. It sounds like a, a fun cruise, Jason. And, you know, listen, I love Harmony of the Seas. It's hard to go wrong with an Oasis class, especially for a group, because there's so many options, so many different choices. And I think it really, you know, makes it so much easier when you're talking about it going on a group so i'm really glad to going with a group i should say so i'm really glad that uh, you were able to share this uh, cruise story with us because i hope that anybody looking forward to an oasis class cruise will um if nothing else take away you know the 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 jason's experience about the fact that you know try different things and get out there and you know go to wonderland and, and understand that i don't know what this is but i'm going to order it or sure well, let's take a look at that at that vegetarian menu or uh, in Jason's case, uh, honey, we need to go on another cruise before this cruise in order to research, air quotes, the perfect day cookie experience. So there's lots of good takeaways right. here from this. Yeah, and one of the other things I definitely want to mention is uh, the private journeys uh, that we took in Roatan. Oh, nice. Which, uh, which one, what tour did you take exactly or how did you curtail it? Yeah, so uh, I know you've talked about how you've done private journeys, the, the private excursion that's offered uh, basically through Royal Caribbean um, and where you can customize your excursion. And then they basically tell you, okay, we'll do this. And this. You just tell them what you want to do. And then they tell you how much it's going to be. And you're like, okay, or you don't. And so we had a great experience because we had a group of 11 that all went on that with us together. So. Which, um, um, what did you, uh, what, what type, what, the, let me try that again. Where did you go? Like, what, what did you tell me? Uh, private journeys is the private shore excursion option, as Jason mentioned. And you basically tell them, I'm interested in doing something, whether or not you're specific, like I want to go to a, you know, ABC, or you're just like, I want to do something. Here's who we're traveling with. So what did you end up doing on the, on the tour? Yeah, we had a really nice tour. We a little bit of back and forth, uh, between, uh, you know, suggesting some things and whatnot and trying to see what my group was interested in and whatnot. But in the end, we ended up doing um, three main things. And that would be, we went to the monkey slash sloth park. Um, and then we also went to the iguana reserve. And we also did a glass bottom boat tour of the reef, as well as just the general island tour as they driving you around and a stop for some shopping. And it just gave a lot of flexibility. Like if we were like done with something or we wanted more time, we, we definitely had that option being a small group. It was just us and a bilingual driver and bilingual uh, guide in a, like a passenger van. And uh, it was really nice to just be able to like, oh, we're done here. Let's move on. Or like, can we have a few more minutes? So that, that part was, uh, priceless and uh, not going at the group's pace, but at your pace. So. Oh yeah, I love that part. I've done the private journeys in Curacao and Belize, 
And uh, I, I agree. It's, it's such a nice thing to be able to do at your own pace. I mean, the, you know, and I've got kids. Um, it's, you never know how the pace is going to be with that. And it's just, it's so much peace of mind to have that. And for a group like yours, Jason, on this cruise, I mean, it just seems like a slam dunk. I'm sure it wasn't, you know, that much more than if you guys had just booked a, a conventional tour. So uh, the, the advantages of it are so nice. And I still feel like it's such a vastly unknown option for people that you can book these excursions through Royal Caribbean and have a private tour through the cruise line. Um, it's, it's a really nice uh, um, program that they offer. Yeah, in reality, we actually, if we had booked all of these uh, events uh, separately, it would have been like probably two or three excursions. And the price of like a couple excursions would have been more than doing our private journeys. Um, so in the end, we have flexibility, uh, small group, and we actually technically save money over, and I don't know that you can say this every time, but over what, if we had done multiple tours. So. Fantastic. Well, Jason, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the Royal Command Blog Podcast and telling, sharing with us your, your cruise story. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you, Matt. Yay! Time to answer some emails. This is the part of the podcast where I answer some of the emails that you've sent me about Royal Caribbean, some of the episodes we've recorded, and really everything else in between in terms of cruising. And if you want to send me your emails, you can send them to Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Our first email is from Chris, a.k.a. KW of Perth, on the Royal Caribbean Blog message boards. Hi, Matt. I heard your latest podcast and loved the return of listener emails. Prior to listening, I actually had a query pop up in my head and was wondering about the best way to get an answer, message boards, direct email, etc. But since I'm a loyal follower and you put out a call to arms, I mean listener emails, I'm here to oblige your cry for help. I live in Australia and I've previously cruised Royal Caribbean to the Southern Pacific. When calling through, I ended up uh, talking to someone with an American accent, so I can only assume I get diverted to a call base center in the U.S. This got me wondering whether I could simply utilize the services of MEI travel when booking my cruises. Even though the folks at MEI are half a world away, it may not be completely au fait, I don't know what that means, with the Australian itineraries, they would nonetheless be dealing with fellow North Americans, so the process would presumably be more or less the same. Do you happen to know if they service foreign clients? Cheers in advance, and here's to wearing propellers in the near future. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the email. And the answer is yes, absolutely. So uh, in, in the grand scheme of things, um, travel agents in general are limited to certain regions. Essentially, uh, there's a longer answer to this. It, it's irrelevant. But traditionally, if it, an American travel agency would only be able to book uh, North American clientele, so Canadians included and as well as Americans. Um, now, as many of you guys know, MEI Travel is the official sponsor of RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, and they've been our sponsor for a number of years. And because of the global reach that Royal Caribbean Blog has, MEI Travel actually does have special permission to book guests from any country in the world, including Australia. So absolutely, Chris, MEI Travel can definitely help you out with that, save you some time, maybe some money as well, and you're, you should be good to go. So I uh, appreciate the email. Thank you again for even thinking of supporting our sponsor. That really does mean a lot. So thank you very much for that, Chris. Next email is from Peter. Right, hi, Matt. First time, long time. Just checking in to say thank you for sticking with the podcast throughout this last year. I work as a pastor, a pretty on-duty kind of job. So cruising is my favorite nobody-can-reach-me kind of way to get away and just be with the family. In between cruises, I love the mental breaks your podcast and Doug at Cruise Radio give me. I'm sure it hasn't been easy keeping the content coming all year without any cruising to comment on. Your efforts are hugely impactful 
Thanks for sticking it out and keeping us all dreaming. Peter, thank you so much for the very, very kind email. And it has been a struggle, obviously, to bring you guys content. I'm really glad that we did the cruise stories. I think it's been a very, very successful uh, series of episodes, not just because it's, you know, it, it passes the time, but I think it's also interesting to hear how people have cruised and look back on better times. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, there's only so many episodes I can do about, well, there's still no other updates, but, you know, here's the latest on nothing, right? And have cruise stories like we just had, obviously, you heard Jason's in this episode. You know, it's a nice way to, to just take a step back. And, and I really think of it in the same way that sometimes you're in your living room or your den or your basement or wherever you hang out with your family. And, you know, you maybe somebody sees the old family photo album, if those are still a thing. I don't know. My parents had one. I don't think we have one. Maybe we have one. I'm not even sure. Anyway, but you pick out the photo album. You start opening it up. You're like, oh, I remember that. Oh, that was fun. Remember that trip? You know, maybe the equivalent today is you go on your Facebook feed and start looking at old videos. But anyway, these episodes, these cruise story episodes are kind of like that in my mind. It's, it's an opportunity to look back on better times, remember them for what they were. Hey, maybe we get some helpful information and tips out there. But at the end of the day, it's just a way to kind of, you know, take a mental trip back on board the cruise. And, and I'm hoping you're enjoying that as well. And if you'd like to be featured as part of one of these cruise stories, send me an email, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. We could definitely uh, set you up and schedule you for a recording to talk about your cruise story. So thanks, Peter, for the email. Really appreciate it. Next up, we have an email, and it is from John Valentine. It writes, hi, Matt. I was just informed my cruise in April has been canceled. This will make the third cruise to be canceled because of the CDC and COVID-19. I told my travel agent that once the sailing restarts, I have several cruises I plan to book. I'm particularly interested in a couple of back-to-back -back cruises. Also, if sailing have been restarted by October, I still want to do the Panama Canal. There's a sailing that's beginning January 2022, and I'm very interested in that. I know it's been tough on everybody. Arnold from Carnival Cruise said there's much pent-up demand in the beginning. The ships may be sold out. Thanks for your time. Uh, John, thanks for the email. And you touched upon a couple different topics there, and, and I agree with a lot of what you said. I do believe absolutely there is this concept of pent-up demand. You know, initially, I thought maybe this is more just marketing, you know, just trying to drum up some business and whatnot. This idea that basically when travel is able to resume uh, not only just cruises, but in general, and people feel a little more comfortable going and traveling again. There's a lot of people who want to get back out there. And I believe that is absolutely the fact. I mean, I feel it myself, but I see this all around where a lot of people seem to definitely want to get back out there, uh, be able to, to make up for lost time, essentially. And that's what pent up demand really speaks to. And I agree. Now, whether or not the ships will be sold out in the beginning, that's a good question. You know, I think number one, it depends on how many ships they've got going. I do believe that whatever that first sailing will be is almost certainly going to be, you know, sold out to some extent. Not only is there, you know, a lot of demand, but don't forget, even when cruising does resume, they're going to be having reduced capacity on board, which means that, you know, they're only going to have at most, you know, maybe 50% of the ship available um, to book. So that lowers the bar in terms of selling out quite a bit. Uh, so I agree on that. And I also agree with what John said also, which is that once, you know, it's clear cruising is going to resume, I'm with John. I'll be booking a lot of stuff. I have not booked that much since the shutdown. You know, I booked here and there uh, strategically, but I haven't like, you know, made a lot of plans. I have not nagged my wife <laughs> nearly as much as I used to about booking more cruises because it, to be perfectly honest with you guys, I just don't know that it's really worth it to get, you know, to put all these deposits down for them later to be turned into cancellations. But once there's a firmer picture, once there's a, a clear idea that we are going to have an opportunity to cruise again, 
Oh man, I'm, I'm doubling down on that. I'm putting as many bookings as I can. I got to get back out there, not only in the name of research for Royal Caribbean blog, you know, it's, it's for science, but also because I enjoy it a lot and I would love to get back out on a cruise and I miss it so, 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 so much. So thanks for the email, John. We have time for one more email this week. And that is from, uh, Marissa Hershkovitz who writes, hi, Matt. First, I want to thank you. I love listening to your podcast, my car on the way to work every day. You make it tolerable. So we're going on our third Royal Caribbean cruise, husband and two older teenagers. First time Liberty of the Seas, first time in Texas as well. We're selling August 2022 and we're staying in a panoramic suite. So I have a couple of questions. Number one, since we have grand suite benefits, I'm so excited about that. Could Royal Caribbean take that away? I hope not. I'd like to know more about these suite benefits. I mean, they could take it away, I suppose, but I don't think they're going to, uh, Marissa. So Royal Caribbean changed that uh, about a year or two ago, I think back in 2018, maybe. And uh, basically what that means is you get the full benefits of staying in a suite. And namely, that's the concierge lounge. So when you are uh, on board the ship, first thing you should do is go up to the concierge lounge, introduce yourself to the concierge. You get a list of all the different information you've got in terms of you know, amenities. Uh, every evening, there's complimentary alcohol in there, along with some hors d'oeuvres. It's a really nice thing to do. So take advantage of that. That's a big benefit right there. I just, But to answer your question, I don't think they're taking it away. Uh, Marissa, second question. Because of those benefits, I'm thinking of not getting the deluxe drink package. What do you think about that? Uh, we like to drink. Last cruise, I drank so much because I could. You know, this is a good question because a lot of people, whether they're uh, diamond members and getting the diamond drinks or they're in the suites, should get the diamond, the, the drink package. Here's the thing. Number one, the drinks included with the suites are only limited to certain hours and they're only certain drinks. So you can't get the full assortment of drinks you would around the ship. Now, that may not matter to you. I don't know. Some people are more picky about their drinks that they're looking for, and thus they look, they prefer to you know, have the drink package. On top of that, you're only limited to the free drinks in the concierge lounge in the evening. So when it's the, you know, you're at the pool deck or you're at a, a restaurant or you're at, uh, it's, it's, you're having, you're, you're having breakfast and you want to have a Bloody Mary. I mean, in all those scenarios, you're on your own for that one. And to me, I still get the drink package. Now, other people might say, man, I don't really care. I'll just wait till dinner time. And that's fine. I mean, so um, if my parents were here, they would definitely say that. Um, so it's really a question of, you know, how, how much do you want to drink? I mean, he says you like to drink. So it seems to me maybe the still the drink package might make sense for you. Not only that, you're not limited to just the concierge lounge and, you know, variety of other things there. So uh, I hope that makes some sense. And lastly, um, I'd like to know what to expect the Cosmel and Grand Cayman or the beaches and walking distance from the port. How do we get around safely? In both places, taxis. Um, there are some, Cosmel has some beaches you can walk to. I don't recommend them. They're not great. There's far better beach, beaches if you take a very, very short and inexpensive taxi ride. Grand Cayman, same thing. You want to go to Seven Mile Beach. In fact, I don't think there are any beaches at Grand Cayman you can walk to. I mean, certainly anything's walkable in the grand scheme of things, but you know, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not a five-minute walk. It's a very long, long, long walk. Get a taxi. Way better to do that. Um, in Grand Cayman, you want to go to Seven Mile Beach. And Cozumel, um, a favorite place to go to if you're not looking to do it all-inclusive would be Paradise Beach. Both those you can take a taxi from. Very easy to get to. No no worries. Uh, she also says, uh, what would you say is your number one thing to do in Cozumel? You and Sherry both said that it is a port you would love to be at if you get on a cruise right now. You know, I love in Cozumel... I love going to the all-inclusive beaches. I mean, Paradise Beach is not all-inclusive. You pay as you go, but it's very economical if you're not a big drinker or you already have the drink package on the ship, so you're just looking to have fun. But, you know, going to a Nachi Kokum or a uh, uh, Hotel El Cosmolino, getting a day pass to a all-inclusive kind of place, I love that because it combines everything I love about Cozumel. The beach, 
the food, and of course, some drinks along the way as well. It's a lot of fun. It's good for families because the kids can, they have pools, they have the beach. Uh, I don't have to worry about, you know, my daughter bugging me about another strawberry daiquiri. Sure, get yourself another one. You know, it's all included. You want to order chips. You want to do, I mean, it's, it's, it's a winning combination. And when it's really warm out, that's a great thing to do. There's a lot of other great things to do in Cosmo, but I think that's definitely number one is a beach all-inclusive resort day. I think Cosmo does it extremely well. It's also great value and among the cheapest you're going to find in the Caribbean. So yeah, that's, uh, that, that'd be my, my recommendation right there. So thank you to Marissa for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the Royal Caribbean blog podcast. And if you have your own cruise questions you want to send in, feel free to send them in to Matt at Royal Caribbean blog.com. Matt M A T T at Royal Caribbean blog.com. As Chris said, this is your call to arms because if I run out of emails, we might have to skip for a little while longer. But that's all right. I've got a couple more to go. So, but again, if you have any things that are in your mind, there's always a good opportunity to talk about them here on the podcast. So until next time, this has been Matt and we'll talk again real soon.